This presentation has been previously broadcast. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Irrelevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction, helping you know that you're not alone in your journey of faith. It's uh, so good to have all of you with us today. And today we're going to be talking about following Jesus, as we will hear in this Sunday's Gospel from Mark. Jesus calls Simon and Andrew to abandon their nets and follow him. Come after me, he says to them. And they did immediately. So, when did you hear the call of Jesus to come and follow him? Then the other question here is, how did you respond? With an emphatic yes? Or maybe, uh, let me think about it and I'll get back to you, kind of an answer. Well, the apostle's answer was immediate. For us, uh, maybe not so much all the time. But we're going to talk about that today, here to help us on the journey. Back with us once again, our spiritual director today, Father Michael Hurley. Father Michael is a Dominican priest in the Archdiocese of San Francisco, pastor of St. Dominic Catholic Church there in the Archdiocese. Father Michael Hurley, great to have you back. Welcome. Good. I'm I'm ready for immediacy. Let's get to it. <laughs> I agree. I think that, and I'm going to ask you about that, too, because I think that's such a... Just such a great insight for all of us. But uh, get us started. Uh, We'll open up our phone lines as we do every day as well. But Father Michael, get us started. Uh, Talk a little bit about the the Sunday Gospel and give us an overview. What's going on? Sure. Let me give you a little context. It's interesting. I I think this is actually, I've been a priest for many years, but it kind of dawned on me in a new way the continuity of the Gospels we're hearing here in this kind of, quote-unquote, ordinary time. In other words, we celebrate the great uh, mysteries of Christmas, and afterwards you have an outpouring of what it means for Christ uh, to take on human nature. So you have the great feast of the Holy Family, uh, Christ in the, in the family, the uh, epiphany, that is the manifestation to the wise men and to the magi and to, to kind of all of the Gentile world. And then you have the baptism of the Lord, the initiation of Christ's public ministry, and so last week, I was expecting us to jump right into the gospel of, for this year, Mark, or in other years, Matthew and Luke. But what you get on the second Sunday of Ordinary Time, which would have been last week, is a continuation of the baptism of the Lord. In other words, in the old days, there was no ordinary time. As such, it was simply the days after the baptism of the Lord, which means that our readings today and continuing are the church's way of inviting us to live out our baptism. So last week, what did we have? We had Andrew, who was a disciple of John the Baptist, being pointed to Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God. And Andrew, responding to John the Baptist, his master's, if you will, his master's call to start following Jesus, he didn't go alone. He took, takes his brother Peter with him uh, in the, from the perspective of, of the Gospel of John. And so this week, what we have is, if you will, the kind of sequel, the follow-up to that great encounter that they had last week, now, instead of just meeting Jesus, getting to know him, uh, now they're called to take the next step, to follow it. And the church invites us to kind of examine how our 
our own baptism, it should mirror or pattern this kind of baptismal grace that we've been given. So that's just a general overview of what, what we're going to be finding this week, what we found, and what we'll continue to find as we have these, uh, this kind of time period before Lent and the preparation for the Paschal Mystery is, how do we live our faith? How do we live out that baptism? And here's a, this crucial message about, as you mentioned, the immediacy of following Christ when he calls us. Father Michael Hurley is our spiritual director, looking ahead to the Sunday Gospel, as we like to do on our Friday broadcast. Let's uh, open up our phone lines, inviting you and our listening audience to join, join us. It's all about following Jesus. And when did the Lord call you to come and follow him? And then how did you respond? And the real question is, how are you responding today? Toll-free phone number if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. Our email address, relevantradio.com. And before I ask you to share this Sunday's gospel with our listeners today, Father Michael, um, talk a little bit in terms of, again, the overview of what we're we're seeing here. Uh, And fishers of men, what does that mean to us? And certainly, as we look back on the gospel 2,000 years ago, the story then, but fishers of men, it's really a today story, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, what, what strikes me, and there's many ways in which uh, the uh, early church fathers uh, read into this kind of thing or, or explain this idea of fishers of men, it's really that Jesus, uh, on the one hand, he doesn't want to just um, be a solo preacher. In other words, his goal isn't simply uh, to do kind of a one-on-one preaching. He, he actually wants us in following him to share in that responsibility. I, I often like to say that God loves for us to share in our own means of sanctification and our own holiness. God wants, he loves, he loves helpers, right? He loves those to, uh, to share and participate in that great work. And so, I mean, fishers of men, he's really speaking to all of us that he wants us to share in that mission that he called even those first apostles to, that we, in our own way, and according to how he's called us, are to, like the apostles, share in that witness it, evangelization of wherever we're called, of our own culture, world, and family. Father Michael Hurley, our spiritual director. Let's take a moment here, Father Michael, as we uh, talk about the uh, Sunday Gospel. Can we uh, uh, ask you to share that uh, with us and uh, and our listeners? Absolutely. So we place ourselves right now in this sense of uh, listening. Let's open our hearts, our minds, and ears to hear uh, the good news, the Gospel of our Lord. And so this is a reading From the Gospel according to St. Mark. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the Gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the Gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat mending their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. The gospel of the Lord. 
and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father Michael Hurley, as you uh, share that with us now, what's speaking to you the most? Uh, what's uh, touching your heart right now? Wow, there's, there's, there's so much you. I mean, you can say that about I guess every gospel, but but uh, this it, it really is that that sense uh, in which the Lord, when He calls us really wants nothing less than for uh, for our hearts, our minds, our, to let go of whatever needs let go <laughs> that would keep us from following him and just, in a sense, abandon <laughs> all of uh, what we, um, in a sense, would keep us from just from, from being fishers of men, from, from following his call, uh, just the immediacy of that. Uh, and uh, as I said before, it's not as if uh, Andrew and uh, Peter didn't know Christ. They had met Christ before. They, they knew who he was. But here the Lord asked them to take another step. <laughs> he, he asked them to do something uh, kind of more uh, kind of closely, intimately united with, with the good news. And so the fact that they're willing to do that, to leave behind what, all they knew, uh, all that was familiar, all that was comfortable, and uh, to to um, to follow Jesus uh, is really just for me as as a priest and a Dominican of my own life. It, it really kind of convicts me to say, okay, how is the Lord calling me? <laughs> you know, what is the Lord mm-hmm. asking for me? Not tomorrow, not the next day, but right here and now, in the immediate in the immediacy of the moment. And how can I let go of what might keep me from hearing His word and from getting up <laughs> and following Him? Yeah, and I want to talk a little bit more about the immediacy because I'm, I was taken with, and I alluded to it a little bit in the opening. Just they didn't uh, get together and have a meeting and say, I mean, are you, are you hearing what I'm hearing? What this guy's saying? I mean, are we really <laughs> going to do this? I mean, they didn't stand around and say, Hey, I don't know if I want to do that. Let me check with my family. There was none of that. It was immediate, and I'm just so so taken with the immediacy of their response. And really, that is our call as well, isn't it? Absolutely. And, but make no mistake, it wasn't, as I mentioned before, as if there was no proper discernment. Uh, because, uh, once again, we know from the Gospel of John, Peter and Andrew, James, they had met Jesus before. He had, he had actually said, come and see, when, when, they, when they ask, you know, where, where are you staying? So it's not as if this was just someone who was unknown to them, that there wasn't proper discernment. It was that in that moment, having prepared their minds and hearts, having done that discernment, there's a moment at which we kind of have to stop analyzing. We get kind of analysis paralysis in our lives where just when mm-hmm. we know what we ought to do. And when Jesus calls us to that, there's, there's no further meetings or discernment needed. We just have to go there. There are certain things we can only do by experiencing. And this is where the Lord calls for that kind of immediacy or where it goes kind of in a sense just to follow Christ wherever he calls us. So, yeah, no, that's, it's convicting in every way. Yeah. And um, I remember uh, years ago, and I've told the story before, but hey, I'm the show host, so I get to tell it again. But uh, I, I, we were in the Holy Land uh, producing some documentaries, and a couple of times we'd been over there, and you can see the shepherds. You can see the shepherds off in the distance. And I thought, gosh, wouldn't it be great to get up close to one of these shepherds and the sheep or goats or whatever they might be uh, herding. And um, yeah. But they were so far away, I could never get the shot. Then one day we were stopping for lunch in Bethlehem, and um, we we got off the tour bus, and there was this shepherd standing next to the tour bus with his little band of goats, uh, probably 20 or 25 yards uh, behind him, and I thought, aha, I'm going to get my picture of this shepherd. So I got off with my camera and uh, held the camera up uh, in one hand, $5 in the other hand, and he said, sure, take my picture. So I did, and then I started to walk around him because I wanted to get 
get a picture of they were goats. And he held his hand up and stopped me and then said something. I have no idea what he said. It sounded like a series of clicks or something. But these little goats, and I'm telling you, Father Michael, it was immediate. They didn't raise their heads. They didn't look around. They heard the voice, and immediately every one of them trotted over to the shepherd. And I was so taken with with that. But the image of that immediacy of hearing the shepherd's voice and responding, and it's a great image for me, I think what we're talking about today, in responding to the shepherd's voice. He's inviting us wherever we are, doing whatever we're doing right now, to respond and do it now. Absolutely. I think of the very first uh, line from when we do our morning prayers every morning, it's called the Invitatory, it says, if today you hear his voice, and that if is not a hypothetical, it's not a matter of if, but when, <laughs> harden not your hearts, right? And so in other words, every day when we get up, we should expect the Lord is going to call us to something particular, something that might seem trivial, but it's going to be important <laughs> in terms of our own salvation. And so let's, like, like, like that flock, <laughs> let's be open to hearing it and let's, let's get in line. <laughs> let's, follow, let's follow now. And uh, and do it now, and trust <laughs> that you're hearing the yeah. voice, and trust that it's uh, it's uh, it's the it's the right call. So maybe the question for us, Father Michael, we talk about being fishers of men. How do we do that in this 21st century, dealing with a pandemic, dealing with a pretty chaotic world today? How do we, wherever we are, doing whatever we're doing, what can we practically be doing today to be those fishers of men? Yeah, let me just share a short a story that I it happened to me recently uh, about this. I we were I was talking to a friend and we were talking about you know kind of faith and things like that, and I they were asking how you know how to live my baptism kind of thing, and I was I was sharing how in my own vocation you know I've been called to you know to be a preacher and how the Lord has in His own way used my own preaching to to plant the seeds of His uh, grace. And uh, and then so I, so I just kind of share sharing that, and they said, well, you know, I I, I, I I'm not a preacher. They're not they're not a religious or a priest, but they they were uh, sharing this great story about how they, they talked about lunchtime preaching that they had that they they it was it was they kind of they were all sheltered in place here in, in San Francisco more or less, and and they said they just ducked out to go kind of go get this some of the restaurants will do curbside kind of thing, and they they got their little lunch and they were just kind of going on, and they they just simply before they were going to kind of tuck into their their little salad or whatever they they simply made the sign of the cross um and uh, they made a sign of the cross and while they were walking this woman came up and said i couldn't help but notice but i saw you crossed yourself uh, are you catholic <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and and uh, my friend said yeah kind of guarded like oh oh <laughs> what have i got myself <laughs> into here and uh the woman continued said you know what i i just i just learned that um uh, my father was in a terrible accident, and I'm just wondering if you could say a prayer for him. Oh, wow. And then just kind of walked off. And uh, my friend just was totally stunned uh, and was just like, wow, here was a moment where I just made this little almost hasty gesture, uh, but it encountered someone who had just learned this you know, terrible news, the kind of a, the anxiety and fear, and, and it was a moment of grace there. And I thought, wow, that's 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 being a fisher of men, right? <laughs> that's That's yeah. just living our life as Catholics and responding to whatever the Lord puts in our way. We don't have to go looking for the fish. The fish will come to us. We just, like the fishermen, have to kind of set the hook, in other words, to live our lives. And 
the fish will be attracted by that, and they'll come and they'll want to know more. They'll, they'll, they'll take the bait, if you will. The bait is, here the analogy, that sense of just living our faith. And so uh, unlike, and this is where I think it's unlike um, uh, someone who would be uh, kind of a tiller of the soil, there's lots of analogies of, of the, the, the sower who goes out to seed, and you think of, why didn't Jesus call people who are farmers? We didn't call farmers because... I think there's a way in which there's the kind of activity there that being a fisherman doesn't have. There's a kind of patience. There's a kind of openness and humility to the sea and to, to forces beyond our control. We're just simply like a good fisherman. Set the hook, set, the, set, the, set, set, the, set our lives out there for all to see, and then allow the Lord to put people in our lives so that we can share the faith. We can reel them in, so to speak. Yeah. Father Michael Hurley, our spiritual director, if you're just joining us, uh, this is The Inner Life, our program on spiritual direction today. Let's uh, take a phone call as we talk today about following Jesus and being fishers of men. True, listening in Denver. Hello and welcome. Nice to have you on the program today. Hi there. <laughs> Hi, Father Michael. <laughs> Good morning, True. How are you? Good morning. Well, uh, it's so nice to hear your voice. <laughs> well, since I can't you. get any more, uh, thank you. I couldn't get any more spiritual guidance from you. I had to call the show. Um, <laughs> so I'm presuming the two of you know each other. Is that correct? We we yes, do. Father Hurley. Yes. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Drew. I, I know you. Have, I know you have a, a point to yeah. make here, which yeah. is a good one, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have this feeling that, you know, we should be, it's, I mean, being fishers of men, is that a calling? Because I just feel like, you know, my life, I, I try to live as much, you know, I, I work for the homeless shelter and I give as much as I can, I'm kind to people. But when I open my mouth, it just offends everybody, you know, and I, all I want to say is just like how loving God is and stuff like that. But it just seems, I feel like, you know, it's just falling on deaf ears, and I'm wondering if this is just a calling, and it's not my calling, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have no, to be that's, that's, that's a great... You have to have a calling, yeah. Yeah, no, you, you bring up a good point uh, that we... Uh, <laughs> it's great to, great to hear from you, true. Uh, <laughs> that um, we, we normally associate uh, kind of preaching the gospel with... Um, even like kind of going door to door or kind of sharing <clears throat> verbally our faith. Um, and yet uh, not all of us, I don't think this about you necessarily, but not all of us have that, that gift or, or in terms of even if we do, we don't always see the effects of, of that gift. Um, I think of, just think of John the Baptist. I'm thinking about the gospel. You know, he preached for the repentance of sin, and he does that very faithfully, but he actually doesn't really get to see the fruit of it, right? It's not It's not until, you know, he sends people to Jesus that you have the fullness of the gospel being preached. And so uh, many of the prophets, if you look even in the Old Testament, <laughs> they don't get to, unfortunately for them, they don't actually get to see the fruit of their <laughs> their labor. So, so on the one hand, the Lord has given us all different gifts, and it, it could be that our gift for being a fisherman is not necessarily, it's going to be through an articulation of the faith, rather through just the way the faithfulness we show in our relationships or how we treat one another, right? On the other hand, we shouldn't undervalue um, how we can share the gospel simply by what we can estimate as if it was fruitful or not. If it just, as you say, falling on deaf ears, 
honestly, who knows if it's fallen on deaf ears? Something I, as a, as a, as a priest, you know, well, uh, you know, I, there's always stories in our CIA and this year is no different where someone will share a story of how in it, something that happened to them, a, a friend or an incident or some experience they had many years before has now kind of come into their life in a new way. And looking back on it, they see how impactful that was. And yet the person or circumstance that happened in the past would have no idea that, you know, here 20 years later, now they're thinking about entering the church because this has kind of taken seed in, in, in their, in their life. And so, so I, I guess I would both, I would, I would say, don't be discouraged <laughs> by uh, when, when things seem to fall on deaf ears, we really have no way of judging <laughs> how the Lord is going to use that. And it could be, and it's, it would be part of the general pattern of, of prophets in the old Testament that, uh, that what seems to fall on deaf ears has a way through God's grace of being fruitful in his time and not necessarily in our, in our own time. So, so be encouraged in that way. Don't, don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't give up because it seems like it's a failure. Yeah, true. Thanks for the call. Nice to have you on the program today. Follow up with that, if you would, Father Michael. Don't give up. Uh, just the importance of perseverance. Uh, live our life. Be faithful Catholics, faithful Christians. Live our life. Uh, yes, we're going to fall down. Yes, we're going to not do it very well some days. But the importance of persevering in our call to be fishers of men. Uh, no, absolutely. I mean, we we think. I mean, we might just naturally think. Here's Peter and and Andrew and James and John. They're all called. But even even after everything we know about the end of the story, because we know the rest of the story, their own preaching didn't necessarily. I mean, it didn't necessarily work out the way they thought. Right. <laughs> In other words, the Lord called them to follow. Uh, and it wasn't as if they, you know, they had good moments and high and low moments. But you know, you've got Peter, who's even at the end of the day still denying Christ three times, right, and and um, called to uh, to be the vicar of Christ and yet trying to avoid uh, the cross and things like that. So, so in other words, in other words, we don't necessarily, just because God has called us, just because we're following, doesn't mean we're not going to experience our own kind of sinfulness through the process, our own need for repentance, and and frankly, our uh, that sense in which Fidelity is more important than success or than the obvious fruit in our life. And so, I mean, certainly that's part of the story, but we shouldn't take, we, we shouldn't take this immediacy to be the fullness of it. It's just the beginning, not, not, the, not, the, not the end. Yeah. We are talking today about following Jesus, and when did the Lord call you to come and follow him? And then how did you respond? And then really, how are you responding even today? Father Michael Hurley is our spiritual director. If you'd like to join us, toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio Studio Line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at relevantradio.com slash forester. If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Thanks for joining us on The Inner Life today. Good to have all of you with us on the program. I'm Chuck Neff. 
Jim Shaper sitting in the producer's seat today. Jake Moore answering your phone calls. Father Michael Hurley, our spiritual director. Father Michael is one of our regular contributors, a priest uh, with the uh, Dominican uh, Dominican priest in the Archdiocese of San Francisco and pastor of St. Dominic Catholic Church. This is our Friday broadcast, and as we uh, tend to do, we look ahead to the Sunday Gospel. It's the Gospel of Mark, and it's uh, the call of of the first apostles, um, and Jesus is called to be fishers of men. And phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. Toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. You can email us as well, life at relevantradio.com. And as you think about your journey of faith, um, following Jesus, when did the Lord call you to come and follow him and be uh, fishers of, of men? How did you respond, and how are you responding even today? And uh, maybe... Who was the that fisherman, that fisherwoman in your life who uh, cast uh, the nets and uh, really called you into the faith? We'd love to hear that story as well. Again, toll-free, 888-914-9149. So, Father Michael, as I read this story and the immediacy, we've been talking about immediately um, the uh, they abandoned their nets and they followed Jesus. I guess I'm wondering, and I don't know that we have an answer for this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What might we think was so attractive about Jesus that they would drop everything and follow him immediately? Uh, yeah, I think we can tell from the gospel it's because he was they uh, they thought he was the Messiah, or at least at least they was uh, he was uh, who he claimed to be. So when when John uh, points to Jesus, he says, "Behold, the Lamb of God!" Right. So that's. That is that's that uh, kind of Jewish language for, as we know, the Passover supper is is the one who saves us from uh, the blood of the Lamb saves uh, those from death. Uh, the angel of death passes over literally. That's the whole point of Passover: that rescuing from slavery in Egypt and ultimately that that sense of uh, spiritual liberation and freedom. And so they had that sense. That was that's what the, you think of the uh, the calling of Bartholomew when when he comes and. And uh, Philip is, is called, and, and calls him and says, you know, Philip gets Nathaniel to come, and he says, oh, I saw you sitting under the fig tree, right? And he goes, oh, you are, <laughs> you, you are the one, right? So they, they, had, they did have a, a, at least a, a general sense. Without knowing what it meant, uh, they did have a sense that there was something about Jesus. And, and even the crowds, who Jesus didn't necessarily call everyone to follow him in that immediate way, they said there's something different here, right? There's, there's a teaching with authority that he, there are signs and wonders that accompany him, and that this could be the one we've been waiting for. Um, and especially uh, Andrew and uh, Peter were, were, especially Andrew was a disciple of John already, so they were already on board with the general uh, theme of repentance, the general theme of, of uh, fidelity to the covenant. And so when they're pointed out Jesus, John is saying, you've been following me, now follow him. He's taking it the next step. So it, it's not an irrational, I think we have to resist the idea that there was, it was a kind of irrational following or just kind of like, you know, I'm just going with a gut feeling here. There was, there was a, a real discernment and there was a real intellectual uh, a component to the following. It wasn't just uh, kind of just willy-nilly. Um, but but I think it, it was that that it kind of that that conceptual moment that they they realized there was something that was going on here uh, that was um, calling them to the, the the heart of of who we are called to be uh, as, as as human beings. 
Yeah, and I think uh, something going on here, I like that, because I think it's probably true for all of us at some point in our lives, and maybe our response wasn't immediately, but when we hear that scripture passage, when we hear that homily from a priest, when somebody says something to us, when we read something from one of the great saints, something's going on in us, and we know whatever that is, is going to require a response. And um, I think it happens to all of us in some way, maybe not as dramatically as we hear in the Gospels, but uh, for all of us at some point, something's going on, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And and how to put it, the, sometimes we will think that, um, how to put it, we will like miss the call, like we, we, have, we need clarity. What we truly need, I think, is, is that courage to actually follow, <laughs> because the Lord is not easily put off. So as, as I say, if, if, if we do follow the, the gospel, this is not the first time they've seen Jesus. Uh, it means that Jesus took them a little bit, st- there was an immediacy in this moment, but it wasn't the first time. So there was a kind of step-by-step kind of thing. In other words, in other words, if we think we've missed an opportunity, let's not throw in the towel, but let's realize that if the Lord has called us to something once, He's not going to let go of that. He's going to call us again and again and again. So, we, so even even the recognition that we've missed the call might be the first step in then understanding that we need to respond to the call next time it comes around. And if God calls us today and it's still important, He's going to call us twice tomorrow and three days on Sunday, <laughs> three times on Sunday. Right? He's, got, he's not going to give up on us. So, in other, yeah, and that, in other words, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he won't give up for sure. And I wonder, we talk about being fishers of men, if maybe today, just with the climate of our world, just the the craziness, um, and uh, that maybe it's more important than ever that we be fishers of of men. I mean, today is the 48th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, Doe versus Bolton, the legalization of abortion in the United States. And um, in these 48 years, more than 60 million abortions. Babies, and I just wonder, in light of the of the of that scourge, that today it's more important than ever that we be fishers of men, uh, especially when it comes to these core issues. I mean, the the, the dignity of every human life, the the revelation. I, I sometimes I even you know, especially during these pandemic days, it's it's um, and just political foment and violence, it's an opportunity to kind of step back and take a little bit about perspective of what's really important. And the, the things that are important are perhaps um, things we can take for granted. <laughs> and I think we can just, as a culture, as a people, even personally, just take the gift of life that we've been given each and every day, whatever whatever health we've been given or ability we've been given, just the, the basic fact that we exist and that we are eternal beings, every one of us, everyone listening to this program, guess what? We'll all live forever, right? Whether hopefully that's in the fullness of God's presence, uh, God willing and with God's grace, but, but, but that this is a great gift and, and we need to celebrate that gift. We need to be grateful for that gift. We should never let a day go by without simply saying, thank you, God, for the gift of yeah. being, right? The gift of there. And especially when our culture seems in, in many ways with the legalization of abortion and, and the uh, not protecting life from conception and natural uh, death, we need to witness to that life. We need to, uh, in a sense, by our gratitude and by the way we live, uh, be a light <laughs> that, uh, that, that points, shines a bright spotlight on who we are. And that, given this great revelation that we are not just 
existing creatures, but we're made in the image of likeness of God. We are eternal beings, graced not only with life, but a life that can know and love God, and God willing to be with him forever. Yeah, and you know, we talk about uh, the abortion numbers. The the numbers are staggering, and they're so big, I wonder Mm -hmm. sometimes if we can't wrap our minds around 60 million. Uh, I think a lot about, uh, every once in a while, the the Battle of Gettysburg in three days, 50,000 men were were killed in the Battle of Gettysburg, and I kind of bring that back into the numbers um, when we talk about uh, the number of babies killed in the womb. We talk about 60 million, and if we took a, a, a stadium of a big stadium and 50,000 uh, people in that. That's the number that were killed in three days at Gettysburg. 60 million would take 1,200 stadiums of people. The The numbers are staggering, aren't they? They are, and you do. It's it's right to try to put it. When we hear a number, it's 60 million. It's, it's really hard to like, say, get your mind around something like that. I think mean, just different ways of showing that proportion um, of of life that's been lost and um you know we can only i think of christ when he uh he looks out on jerusalem and he he recognizes and no doubt he he as god will see not just that moment but to see all those who who reject the good news reject the gospel and and that temptation that the devil says you can you can have all of all of humanity right in terms of the political rule and the temptation there is for him to control and, and he he, as God, is not going to try to control us in the sense of violating our free will, and he and he weeps for Jerusalem. Right? He weeps for those who were given the covenant and didn't respond to it. He he weeps for our nation, right? In terms of yeah. the ways that we've chosen as a nation, and how eager he wants, eagerly, like like the the hen, you know, with her brood, wants to gather us back <laughs> in. Um, and so you just think of the Lord. If if we if, if it causes sadness in us, it causes sadness in the Lord as well. And and uh, in a sense, we do well to at least um, recognize on this day that the sadness of, of God and the sadness of our of, as a culture of our own actions. And, and we ask for we ask for change of heart uh, for our country, for our for ourselves, and for the sense of God's renewed grace to allow ourselves to be in a sense, covered over by 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 his grace and by, and by his healing. Uh, yeah. Father Michael Hurley, our spiritual director, talking about being fishers of men today. Let's uh, take some phone calls. Thanks for waiting, everyone. Let's start with Greg. Listening in Utah, hello, Greg. Uh, welcome to the program today. Uh, let me put you back off. I'm on the car phone here. I was on my own phone. Uh, okay. Let me go back here to uh, my. So, can you hear me okay now, Jack? Yeah, we can. That's better. Thank you. Okay. So, I was uh, like most normal Catholics, I think, it seems like my experience of 68 years being on this earth, that sitting in church one day and checking the box, okay, I got to church and uh, trying to live a good life and. And uh, there was a gentleman that stood up in our in our at the uh, message part of the uh, closing of the mass, and hey, I need help with jail ministry. And it was almost like the Lord came down, grabbed me by the nap of my hair on the back of my neck, and just lifted me up and shook it shook me and said, pay attention. 
I'm talking to you. And uh, well, I've been I've been doing that now for eight years at the jail ministry. It just breaks my heart that today in this age we cannot. We cannot. We they will not let us back into the jail because of this stupid COVID, and uh, it it breaks my heart because we were seeing so many of our brothers and sisters being led back and through their own choice choosing in to wanting to have more of a uh, a God's presence in them. And now they're, I just pray that they are still moving forward. But uh, so answering the call has opened up. I'm now at 68 doing an LEM program through the University of Notre Dame. Uh, on my way to hopefully becoming a, a chaplain when I when I retire here and and uh, but it's commitment, Chuck, Father. It's it's commitment to to the cause and the cause is God. And I don't know how much more I can say about that. It's it's just listen. Sometimes we just have to close our eyes and open our ears and shut our mouths and go to a place of being silent and and listen that's my thoughts yeah no greg thanks so much if i might ask you it's, it's interesting you mentioned how uh you got into jail ministry it doesn't sound like it was something that you had kind of experienced with before it was it seemed like it kind of almost came kind of out of the blue as you said God kind of grabbed you by the scruff of the neck uh, was that is that right? Yeah, that's exactly correct, Father. It's uh, you know it's the old adage of be careful what you ask for. I know that there was a time <laughs> at that same same time in my life when I was saying, you know, there how how can how can I be a bigger part of the solution and less of a part of the problem? And uh, then I heard those words, jail ministry, and I thought, holy crap. Uh, that's that's a pretty big offering, and am I going to step up to the table, or am I going to just shrug my shoulders at it and say uh, that just doesn't work for me? Yeah, and, and can you just can can, can you describe how? Because I I'm really resonating with what you're saying. We here at St. Dominic's have a uh, you know until recently in COVID a very robust jail ministry, and uh, and hearing people's stories, I don't think there's one person who was part of our ministry that thought, oh, I think I'll do jail ministry, it was always, <laughs> it was kind of like a little bit of a, either an arm, kind of a, a nudging or an arm twisting or something. But once they started, they're the most, some of the most dedicated <laughs> people in any ministry that we have here in terms of zeal for that ministry, kind of being, uh, experiencing God's grace in, in a real in a real way. That you can maybe describe for our listeners, or at least share, just the, the, the kind of the, the blessings that, that have come through through your your time experience there oh father i <laughs> there's so so much um, my brothers that serve with us down at the jail is we're all so committed and, and it's almost a we're almost like the deals and uh uh you know or at least the disciples uh students learning but uh to be able to uh, one fashion of it, you know, right now we're studying 
culture in, in our LEM program. And, and uh, gosh, you know, I was so judgmental of, of these guys and girls with all these tattoos. And, and now I make that part of my ministry to break that down and, and come to a place of where they're at and find out, you know, what, what is the message there behind the tattoos? And, and what is it that, that you're wanting people, you're, you're almost like screaming out that you want, you want to have some type of recognition and acknowledgement and what are they about? And, you know, the, there's people, <laughs> my gosh, the lifestyle that I lived in life sometimes, you know, it's amazing that I didn't end up in jail, but, you know, thank God those days are behind me, but to, I guess just to be able to give back to the community and the community is not only here in, in Utah, but also the community of Christ, the, the parish, yeah. the, the church outreaches in so many ways and shapes. If, if you allow them, if you, if you get on board and you, and you again, just want to be part of something bigger than yourself, greater than yourself. Yeah, Greg, I've got to jump in here. Uh, Great call. Thanks for joining us on the program today. We do appreciate it. Father Michael Hurley, our spiritual director, talking today about being fishers of men. More of your phone calls when we come right back. Stay with us. The Relevant Radio Studio Line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at relevantradio.com slash forester. If you're looking for a little help on your journey of faith, our priests are here for you. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Thanks for joining us, Father Michael Hurley, our spiritual director, Father Michael is a Dominican priest, pastor of St. Dominic Catholic Church in the Archdiocese of San Francisco, looking ahead to the Sunday Gospel, the Gospel of Mark being fishers of men, talking about that today. Just a reminder, about 10 minutes from now, celebrating Mass at the top of the hour, and today a special Mass from Holy Name Cathedral in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And again, this is the 48th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. And Doe versus Bolton, uh, the two Supreme Court decisions that legalized abortion in the United States and um, loss of uh, more than 62 million innocent lives in the womb. So we'll be celebrating that Mass here on Relevant Radio, live for you again in just about 10 minutes. By the way, if you're joining us late, don't forget you can um, download our podcast and hear the entire program. Just go to our website, relevantradio.com, the Inner Life page, and you can download download today's program. And we're generally up in about oh, 20, 30, 40 minutes after we're off the air. And um, by the way, if uh, the program has given you any help or any hope or any insight, uh, tell your friends about it. We'd appreciate that as well. So, Father Michael Hurley, let's uh, head back to the phones and Artie listening in Hubertus, Wisconsin. Thank you for waiting. Nice to have you on the program today. Oh, I've got a little something I would like to pass on to you. I uh, I am a fisherman. 
and uh, been a fisherman for many years, and I decided to do something about my uh, license plate on my car. So I sent for, and I received a personalized license plate that said Mark, colon, one sixteen. And I, I would drive around, and people would follow me, and they would follow me into a store, and they poke me on the shoulder and say, what does that mean? What is that? I know it's a Bible verse. What is it? I must have been stopped 50 times in one year. I mean, people just always ask, what is that? And then I would tell them the story about Jesus walking along the Sea of Galilee, and they came upon two men. They were fishermen. And some of them can go on to say, and are you a fisher of men? And I would say, I'm working on it. <laughs> uh, so that's great. <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> that's my story. I, I know, I'll let you go, but I wanted to pass that on to you. Uh, you can yeah. you be a fisher of men without even knowing it, because people really were interested. I got them to actually, many of them did look it up in the Bible. You know, they said, I'm going home. I'm going to go home and read that. So I think it's wonderful. We could have to get them thinking anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's great. Let, let me ask you this. From your experience of being a fisherman, are there certain virtues that, that are, I would say, natural to that vocation to, be, to fishing that you think fit with your own Christian life? Well, I think uh, one thing for sure that uh, is natural to uh, being a fisherman is that we do have some time to be alone uh, out in mm. the middle of nowhere and, yeah. and, and contemplate, uh, meditate. Yeah. And I love yeah. to fish alone, so I can do that. Mm. And and um, just the people uh, stopping me and asking me about that Bible verse on my on my license plate, I mm-hmm. got me to thinking. Maybe I should. Maybe I should be more active in being a fisher of men. And you know the other thing too, what that does when you've got a Bible verse on your license plate. It makes you behave. <laughs> You've got to, <laughs> you drive safely. <laughs> you don't cut people off. <laughs> so, if nothing else, it made me a better man. <laughs> there you go. Well, Artie, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, I have a personalized uh, plate as well. Yeah, I get stopped a lot, <laughs> too. So, yeah, uh, never know exactly how it's going to um, impact other people. But, hey, thanks uh, for joining us. So, we do not have a lot of time, but let's try to get one more phone call in here. Paul, listening in Fort Myers. Florida. Thank you uh, for the call. Thanks uh, for joining us on the program today. Yes, thank you for taking my call. First, I'd like to quickly say uh, my own circuitous uh, way of being evangelized. I was a cradle Catholic and 17 years of Catholic school. The time I went to Catholic school wasn't a good time for Catholic education. We weren't really taught the faith what we were given was sort of like pop psychology, not even very good pop psychology. So it came to a point where I realized I didn't know anything. And what I did was I, my father converted from being a Lutheran in the early fifties and he just didn't do it because, um, he wanted to marry my mother, but he was into it. I mean, so I had at my disposal, you know, your basic catechesis, he had St. Thomas Aquinas, he had Jacques Maritain. So it was wonderful, and I I was struck with how profound the faith really is compared to what I was taught in school. So um, so that was, that, that was wonderful for me. 
And then at first I had this like zeal that, you know, I wanted to tell everybody and everything about it. And it was, you know, and uh, it's like, why, 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 why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And it was like, and it was completely ineffective. So now, uh, mellowed on with the many years, I kind of have the, uh, the uh, disposition of uh, what's uh, attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. I preach all the time, and sometimes I even use words. So, um, and I have a question. One of the little things that I try to do is like, you know, I, I'll go to Mass very often, sometimes, uh, you know, when I can daily. I like to invite people who um, haven't been to Mass in a while, and uh, um, and that's, that, that's worked well for a while, but then there was this one time where um, I invited somebody along, and they said, oh, great, it's been 10 years since I've been to Mass, and um, when it came time for communion, he got up and received communion. Now, I mean, it's infinitely above my pay grade to judge the disposition of somebody's soul. But, uh, you know, I would think that he needed to at least, you know, go to confession beforehand, be, you know, before that. And perhaps objectively there was a sacrilege committed. So I've been shying away from inviting people to mass with me under those circumstances. And, Paul, let me jump. Um, let me jump in here, Paul. I want to let Father Michael weigh in on this because we're going to run into a time issue here. But uh, Father Michael, your response? Oh, you should absolutely keep inviting folks. Too. There's, there's. A, I, I think we undervalue, especially if we have a relationship with someone, a, a little invite to, oh, come, come to church and we'll do something afterwards, just to make that connection. People, I find, are much more receptive sometimes than we think they are. And when it comes to the question about communion you can maybe just say say to them hey you know we, you know just just to kind of say if it's been a while just this is if you if you you know just kind of give a little bit of a a little catechesis before you go in and just like oh either you can get a blessing or you could there you know you just hang back if you're not really ready to receive communion in other words a little bit of a catechesis at the moment or even if you don't think about it, even after the moment talking about sharing your own experience about how you um, find fruit from going to confession before you receive communion. In other words, there's an effectiveness that's there for you might be a way to do it, but don't let that be a reason. Uh, don't be too afraid uh, that there might be a possible sacrilege that keeps you from inviting people to uh, join the liturgy and to worship the Lord and Holy Lord. Yeah. Paul, thanks for joining us. We appreciate that. Father Michael Hurley, our spiritual director, time to wrap things up. Father Michael, we'd like to close with a final blessing for all of our listeners. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace and joy. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. 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 Father Michael Hurley, a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today on The Inner Life. And just a reminder, we're celebrating Mass Top of the Hour, a special Mass from the Holy Name Cathedral in the Archdiocese of Chicago. Have a great weekend, everyone. We are back on Monday, and we hope to see you then.